Extra, 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 welcome to Revolutionary Podcast Utena, where one kind of expert and one total newbie watch Revolutionary Girl Utena and talk about it for your enjoyment. Hi, I'm Randy. I'm Jared. Hey, Jared, what's new with you, man? Oh, you know, this past weekend I watched this really crazy anime film. Oh, uh, do tell. It, 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 was a, it was a split genre film of just drama and love <sighs> oh. and sword fighting and hmm. you know high school girl romances and you that know sounds like so much for one movie and racing that's was, true there was racing involved yes there was a lot so that's that's what i've been up to you know just the <laughs> same old same old experiencing <laughs> revolutionary girls tenna yeah it's uh it's wild i'm sure it's been on your mind since we watched it um oh has it yes <laughs> it hasn't left mine either i'm trying to think what else have i been doing i've I'll say this, I'm playing way too many games right now, Jared, and I'm scared. I'm scared because there's going to be another one on the pile this week. Right now, I'm currently playing Final Fantasy XIV. I'm also playing God of War. Mm. I'm also playing Monster Hunter Rise. Mm -hmm. And I also started playing through Final Fantasy X-2, because I've never (laughs) actually played through it myself before, and I randomly got the itch. Oh, Uh, yeah. Have you started it before? Uh, yeah, or- I've, I've gotten close to beating it in high school. Like, I was in, like, the final chapter, but I was like, eh, and I'm stopping. <laughs> but- I, I only got through, like, the first hour of that game, and I I stopped playing, but I I do plan to, you know, once I get that itch, too, I want to go back mm-hmm. and try it again. I'm fervently cheating. I have a guide open to make sure I can get a 100% completion in the first run, because in order to unlock the good ending, you have to have a 100% completion. Um, and I'm also using all of the cheats available to me in the PC version, which has like the, you know, speed up right. stuff and always have max HP and MP um, and all that. Do the remasters maybe on Switch? That's where I have it. I wonder if it has that there too, because I the other. I believe I looked it up and they're those. Those functions are only in the PC version, which is wild. Like interesting, and also has auto save, like every time you move to a different area. So it's weird. Mm. Um, I'd like it if it was on everything, but yeah, because some of the games they've pushed out on certain platforms have had the ability to at least speed up battles. Yep. And uh, I forget what else you could do. I played through seven again recently. Seven, um, I think, they... lets you always have max HP and then also like always had your limit break gauge filled. I don't know. I was just blowing stuff up. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I hear you. I mean, I'm playing one game right now and it's uh, for some reason I found myself playing Mario and Rabbids. Um <laughs> Mario plus Rabbids, is it Kingdom Battle or whatever it is? Yes. Uh, I am. I just finished the third boss. There's four bosses, I believe, overall. Um, so I just finished. I basically have already started the final area. Uh, it's uh, it's all right. You know, it's it's something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. And then this Friday, uh, you know, Pokemon comes out. And yep. I haven't played Pokemon since Gold and Silver. Whoa. So. Uh, I am playing this because my, uh, my one of my younger cousins is into Pokemon and he's excited for this. So I thought, you know, I'll I'll play this and we'll be able to talk about it. So yeah, I uh, I'm I'm cautiously excited. Um, we're recording this the day I believe the day before review embargoes come up. So I'm excited to see what people have to say. So long as it is fun, I'm just gonna get it. 
because I like Pokemon and I think it'll be mm. fun and reward the developers for trying something new, which is always oh, yes. fun. Speaking of trying to do something new <laughs> and different, the revolutionary girl Utena film did some new things. Yes. So this but, podcast that you're listening to, the premise of it is that we are watching revolutionary girl Utena together and we're talking about it. We already finished the TV show where we did it a, a couple of episode chunks at a time. Um, so we will be referencing that. We are talking about the movie today, um, so if you're listening to this and uh, have only watched the movie, uh, we will be talking spoilers for the TV show and the movie, so you can definitely catch up on the show uh, uh, through YouTube. Uh, Nozomi Entertainment's own channel has the entire series up for watching. Uh, if you subscribe to Funimation Now or Crunchyroll, it's also there. Uh, if you haven't seen the movie, though, I'm sorry to say that's not up for streaming anywhere, so you're going to have to go obtain it. There is a Blu-ray of it that is part of the Season 3 release. Uh, from You can get that at Right Stuff or at Amazon, wherever you want to. But um, that's, that's the spoiler warning. We're done with that. But yes, uh, let's jump in and talk about the adolescence no. of Utena. Oh, go ahead. Now, Randy. Yeah. I've heard that back in the day, mm -hmm. a lot of people watched this movie without watching the series. So I heard that there was right. quite a lot of stories that used to be <laughs> shared back in like what would be like super late. Well, you know, it would be like the early 2000s. You know, 2000s and, um, but I, I heard that back in the day, oh, series yeah. wasn't even required. So <laughs> I wasn't around it was a, as a Utena fan at the time because I only first watched the show in 2015. But um, it's, it makes sense. I mean, it's one film in likely – available at places like blockbuster and things like that um it's easier to pick up that than it is to pick up a 39 episode tv series which at that time definitely had a vhs release um i believe was also out on dvd but i'm sure it was singles with like a couple episodes a piece so that would cost a pretty penny whereas you're like oh i'll just get the movie it's a retelling i'll be fine I wish that I rented this movie at like a blockbuster or a movie gallery. That would have been great oh, oh. back in the day. Be like, what's this? You know, I, that's yep. how I started my anime journey was um, I, I found some films. Uh, I was a little too young for some of them. <laughs> um, but I found some films and I'm like, wow, this stuff's crazy. It's pretty wild. That's pretty good. Uh, and then, you know, if I had found Utena, uh, that would have been quite experienced <laughs> not knowing i'm wondering if i would have made it not i did watch all of those films when i first started so i wonder i would have finished it but i don't know what i would have said <laughs> right your eager young mind would have definitely devoured it i mean you also had plenty of free time back in those days you know we didn't have full-time jobs and uh, home responsibilities all of those beautiful things um, <laughs> but i hope that in the future uh you know if someone finds this 50 years from now and they're listening to this podcast Whoa. that if it's on hulu netflix whatever it all is at that time bleep blur um, the hottest new streaming service right to your brain <laughs> the metaverse five you are there <laughs> it is digitally programmed to your brain um but yeah no this movie uh, you said it's not sold separately from that third set. It's I don't, literally just... I don't think so. I think it's part of season three uh, wow. as a release. Well, hey, that's how it goes. Just basically go buy the whole thing. And well, if you are listening to this, you probably already did buy the whole thing. Right. Um, it stands to reason anyway. <laughs> but yeah, definitely after seeing this movie, Adolescence, the Adolescence of Atena, it's 
basically i think like anime fandom i think it's like required so yeah you have to go watch it absolutely i did just look it up yes uh the only way to get it is to buy the third season is where it's at at least i mean i'm sure you could go find a used dvd of the original release back in the early 2000s uh on its own but i wonder who released it back then uh, it was, uh central park media or something like that oh man Really? <laughs> I wonder what the dub's like. <laughs> it's the same one that's on the uh, the Blu-ray. So I have heard like four lines of dialogue from <laughs> the English dub, and I can't say that I was too much of a fan um, after listening to the Japanese voices. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I am also pretty curious too. Like, I wonder if people love like the dub you know right uh Mm -hmm. yes it was central park media and uh yeah same thing i mean i had watched the first episode uh dubbed my uh then uh boyfriend now husband uh introduced me to the show and he's like let's watch i watched it dubbed let's watch it that way and i was like all right and we watched the first episode and i was like are you offended if i ask that we switch to japanese and he's like no i had rose-colored glasses that was not uh fun for me at all either please let's let's switch so Mm. um Mm. I mean, I'm sure right. that there are people with, you know, he had fond memories, but, you know, the tastes change over time. But, like, I'm sure there are mm-hmm. people out there. And you know what? More power to you. I'm glad that you like it how you like it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but uh, I think it's best to start with uh, some info about this, and then we can really dive in there and see how things go talking about this movie. So, as we said before... The film is called The Adolescence of Utena. Uh, this came out in theaters August 14th, 1999, which is just a, a couple months shy of two years since the final episode. That aired, as we remember, uh, Christmas Eve, 1997. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So... Jared, it's a long, it's a whole movie, so there's a longer bit of stuff to uh, talk about for the synopsis. Would you mind telling everybody what happens in the movie as best you can, anyway? Yeah, definitely. Utena turns into a car. That's the famous thing Boom. that happens in this movie. <laughs> that is what happens in this movie. You don't really need to know anything else. Um, <laughs> okay, <clears throat> I am ready. Okay. All right, what voice do you want? Um, <laughs> your choice of Batman, I think, is probably... <laughs> um, <laughs> That was adorable. Oh, arigato. Uh, <laughs> so, Utena Tenjo, a new student at Otorio Academy, tours the school with classmate Wakaba Shinohara. She observes a fencing match between students Juri Arisugawa and Miki Karu, encounters her ex-boyfriend... Wow. Mm. Toga Kiryu and discovers a rose engraved signet ring identical to one he was wearing after their encounter and meets Anthe Himamiya, the sister of the school's absent chairman, Akio Otori. Uh, Kyuchi Seonji, a student also wearing a rose ring, calls Anthe the Rose Bride, sees Utena's ring and challenges her to a duel. Utena emerges victorious using a sword pulled out of Anthe's chest. That night, Anthe visits Utena's dormitory and attempts to initiate sex with her, but is rebuffed. When Utena questions Anthe about the duel in the rings, Anthe responds that the rings mark their bearers as duelists, that she is betrothed to whomever is the victor of the duels, and that whoever possesses the Rose Bride has the power to revolutionize the world. Elsewhere, Juri's childhood friend Shiori Tatsuki tells Toga that as a child, her prince died attempting to save a drowning girl. They receive a phone call from Akio, who says that Anthea is a witch who made the Lord of the Flies into a prince. But when her magic faded, 
The, the prince returns to his true form. The duels are organized in an attempt to reactivate her magic. Juri, who is manipulated by Shiori into dueling Utena, is defeated after witnessing Utena seemingly transform into Anthe's prince. And uh, finally, as we go into the last arc of this movie, the school's broadcasting club uncovers a video that suggests that Anthe was previously drugged and raped by Akio. Akio's corpse is found buried in Anthe's garden, deservedly so, <laughs> shortly thereafter, shocking the school with the revelation that he is long dead. A second video depicts Anthe lucid, lucid or basically awake during her rape, which prompted a panicked Akio to stab her and accidentally fall out of a window to his death. Utena searches for Anthe and finds Toga. She suddenly remembers that Toga is the prince referenced by Shiori, and that he died while saving Juri from drowning when they were children. Utena thanks Toga for being her prince, and he vanishes. Utena finds Anthe and tells her they should go to the outside world, upon which Utena is swallowed by a car wash, <laughs> which it is, and <laughs> metamorphosed, metamorphed, turned, transformed, magically accurate into a car. <laughs> um, literally, it's like an accurate scene. Anthe enters the car <laughs> and drives it away from the academy, though a fleet of tanks and Shiori also in car form, attempt to thwart her. Anthe is assisted in her escape by Juri, Miki, Sayonji, and Wakaba, who have been inspired by Utena and Anthe to also go to the outside world. Uh, note, Wakaba is also a car. <laughs> An apparition of Akio attempts to stop Anthe, but she rebukes him in a burst of roses. Utena and Anthe emerge riding the remnants of the car, it's basically a motorcycle, and they kiss, and they don't say this here, but they were naked as they drive into a gray wasteland. Oh, perfect. Fantastic. Man. <laughs> what a film. Cinematography was by uh, Toyomitsu Nakajo, who works on Bubblegum Crisis, Love Hina, His and Her Circumstances, and uh, basically all of the Slayers films. Uh, directed by Kunihiko Ikuhara himself, who worked on Sailor Moon, Penguin Drum, Yurikuma Arashi, and Sarazanmai. Written by Yoji and Okido, who worked on Blue Exorcist, Metabots, Ranma, and Sailor Moon, as well as the original Utena anime. Normally, I also go through a director's commentary here, but unfortunately we don't have a written form of that because, surprise, there's actually a director's commentary audio track with the film, uh, which I have not listened to. And I wasn't going play to play that now, right? We're gonna hit <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to play the next 80 like you minutes. Ripped, you ripped that, right? It's like a MP3 or something. Just right. Boop. There'll be subtitles that appear in your mind's eye. Um, okay. um, like, uh, it's like a, what, 80 something minute movie. Um, you know, if you want to skip ahead, you can, but, you know, listen to the commentary and then we'll be right back. <laughs> okay, we're back. That uh, sure was wow. something. It really was. <laughs> uh, I have not heard it myself, but from what I have heard, uh, it's not actually a very good commentary and that he doesn't really talk much about the movie other than like, oh, we worked on this part for oh, a while. And that's surprising to hear when <laughs> half of his commentaries were literally barely like related to the series at all. And if they were, they were so vague that you had a hard time even connecting it, right? I, I wonder if it was his idea to do that commentary or if that was somebody in the publishing department that's like, look, we got to throw this in there. This will really sell it. And he's like, ah, I don't want to, but I guess I got to do this. 
wonder if Atena was Nozomi's release of this. Was this one of their like Kickstarter funding platform series, or or maybe it wasn't? I can't remember. I don't think so. I know that there was uh, for at least the Blu-ray they had put up like the special edition that you could order and that you could get it all at once, or you could get the seasons, mm-hmm. and the seasons were going to come out later, one at a time. Okay, but uh, and I think the DVDs had a thing where you could buy them, you could pre-order all of them, and if you pre-ordered all of them, at the third one, you'd also get a special gift, which I believe was just replicas of the uh, Rose Signet rings. Okay. But uh, it, you know, asked you to please order them all, so that way they could get all the cash up front, which I can't blame them, but if you got the uh, 20th anniversary Blu-ray release that Nozomi did put out, and you got the special edition like I did, you got the rings anyway, so Randy's got the rings. Oh, man. Have you, like, dueled any hot boys lately? Um, Not lately. Um, I got these, like, five years ago, so, you know, it's been a a bit. Well, maybe your memory will be erased and you'll just go fight them all again or something. That's true. Yeah, exactly. So, (laughs) let's talk about this movie. I know that you probably have notes, but there's a big prevailing discussion about this movie um, that I want to talk about, which is... Is, is Antenna it? an alien? Is that right? Because there's a lot of UFO <laughs> or UFO, you know, <laughs> metaphors. There's a lot of things that this is actually like an alien race thing and mm. that someone's controlling them. I'm not sure, Randy. I, I just I'm having a hard time deciding. Well, I'm not actually going to talk about the alien thing, so we don't need to worry about that. But I am going to bring up that there is a large discussion about this film. Is it a retelling of the story with a new ending? Is it or is it a sequel? Which there's a lot of readings you can look into to see, um, you know, just look at that one and see if that makes sense to you. I don't know about you, but uh, my first watching, I was like, okay, it's a retelling. Leading into the second one, I read some stuff about it being a sequel. I sat down with that lens as I watched it, and I'm like, yep, I'm in that camp now. I'm in camp. This is a sequel. Uh, Jared, what are your thoughts? Sorry, I'm waiting for the UFO to leave the backyard. Um, uh, He had so many references to UFOs in his director's commentary. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Sorry for anyone who has to listen to me talking about that. Uh, So uh, I believe it is a hybrid. And Mm -hmm. this is a very unique film that really doesn't live up to the full name of sequel. It doesn't really live up to the full name of retelling. Um, I think that it demands that you have seen the series. And uh, I believe you appreciate this film tenfold if you have seen the series because there are many moments and there's a lot of nodding to, uh, you know, just basically story tidbits from the series that uh, really do impact um, some of the events in the movie or some of really the characters and how they interact. Mm. Uh, And so there are like lines of dialogue in this movie where it's referenced in a way that it's almost like events were referenced from the past. And that would to me imply this is a sequel. Mm. And then there are some very drastic differences uh, with some of the characters and some of the events where a sequel doesn't really f- answer the question. It really seems to be a retelling to the point where, you know, I think like Toga in particular is one of them where it's it's pretty clear that it's like this was like certain characters were definitely redeveloped and some of them are missing like Nanami, 
So mm-hmm. such a such an important character who got so many of her own episodes in the, in the whole series is hardly in this movie. Um, and so oh, you're just going to skip over that Choo Choo is oh, as a passing cameo at most. You know, did Akio always have an earring? Did he always have an earring in the series? Because in the film, I notice he has an earring and it reminds me of Choo Choo. And it just makes me think that Choo Choo was his familiar and that was mm. Akio all along. So <laughs> I'm just letting you know, he wears a gold circular earring um, in this movie. And it, it really bothered the heck out of me. So <laughs> I look this. I So to answer your question, I really it's neither one or the other. It's both. Mm. And I don't really know too many films that pull this off. Um, I know that when we, we were talking heavily over the years about Neon Genesis Evangelion TV series, the first movie, the rebuild mm. was the rebuild a retelling um, was it another go at it. Was it like an alternate universe? You know, was it a sequel? Blah, blah, blah. Um, and then we kind of get our answer that we were looking for of it kind of being like a retelling. Um, so like, but with this, this movie, I, I really just, I feel like it is in a sense, definitely a sequel, but it's also definitely a, a retelling to some degree. Um, but with the sequel, if you're wearing those sequel glasses and you're really like focusing on stuff, uh, I, I do see that there's the case argument that, um, you know, I, I don't know if this was done on purpose, but in the last episode of the series, uh, you have jury discussing, I don't know, it was like a campfire or hanging out outside or something with mm-hmm. people talking about a boy who had drowned. And it was such a random strange story to hear out of nowhere uh and she said yeah you know he saved someone or something and i i don't remember it was her older sister uh her older sister drowning but a boy saved her and drowned uh himself okay so that happened uh so okay so that happened but um we also had I'm trying to think here. Okay, so there was that. I will also say, I haven't read it, but if I my research was right, I believe in the manga, somebody else also tries to save somebody via that's drowning. Um, So it's like a weird thing that keeps popping up in every iteration of Utena, and like the person Mm -hmm. who does the saving is different, and like the they might have drowned, they might have not. It's very weird. (laughs) So I hear you, and also. Uh, I think what that also kind of set up was that uh, we know that Anthe had left Akio and Otorio Academy Mm -hmm. um, as the very last thing we basically saw in the TV series. So as she's, you know, she's leaving uh, and there was, you know, like whispers and rumors in the halls that, you know, Utena had been there, but people were already forgetting her name. But they kind of remembered what she had done, Mm -hmm. but not all of the details clearly, but they remember stuff happened so i think that that can help to explain this as a sequel theory that uh for whatever reason you know utena came back um with memory loss of some sort and anthe was very much aware the entire time um and also came back to whatever iteration of akio was still remaining mm-hmm. um and then you could explain that events happen as they are, uh, but it still doesn't, that helps me with the sequel theory, but it still does not 
answer the question fully for lack of certain characters, things that had happened. Um, I, yeah, we could go on for a while. Right. I mean, how are you feeling with with everything that you've you know you've seen this movie at least twice now, right? Mm, that's right. So so you've definitely you know you saw it as a sequel this time um i know you and i have both done a lot of research into the film and some readings and watching video essays yeah do we do we think like do you think it's i believe it's like a pure hybrid that's very hard to explain do you think it's just purely a sequel at this point i think it can work for both but i feel that um at least for my feelings on how everything like kind of shakes out is that it's a sequel and it's very murky and you have to do some mental gymnastics to make it work. But it just, at the same time, once you get it all to click together, it's like, okay, this is very satisfying as Mm -hmm. a sequel. Um, I don't want to have this entire discussion just be, well, it can't be a sequel because of this. Well, it has to be a sequel because well, of this. Apparently, this conversation about if it's a sequel or not is is very famous and has been happening since 1999. <laughs> right. Um, in, in some of the research I did today, like I'm seeing, you know, I mean, I know you read some stuff too, like from 2015 or something, or maybe mm-hmm. even before that, where, you know, people were discussing at that time uh, that the sequel theory and everything has been happening forever um so that you know it makes sense that we're talking about it a little bit at length because it's it's been heavily discussed and i guess it's one of the favorite things that tennis fans do that's fair (laughs) that's fair yeah i don't know yeah it's it happens i i definitely understand where people are coming from though i would say to defend it and like do some uh mental gymnastics to make it all work is that uh here's how i see the the course of the film and why it works um Anthe has left to find Utena, who uh, was able to bring her out of her coffin and um, needs and wants to find her who's gone missing. And trying to find her has found that she's trapped again in the cycle uh, that Akio has set uh, upon everybody. So dives back into this whole crazy world because she's got to pull her out. So she plays the game. Uh, but things are a bit different. Her uh, rose garden birdcage uh, is all broken and doesn't, she's no longer held in that. She now, uh, her roses are now on the perch above everything um, where she can, you know, survey. She can be free. Um, she's got her hair down. Her glasses are missing, which she had given up at the end of the uh, TV series. And, you know, there's some different things with the characters, but I think that this is all some sort of final last gasp attempt by Akio to get Utena to produce the sword that uh, would be able to gain him the power of revolution, his princely powers back, because she was so close before, and if he can do it again, maybe this time, it'll all work out. So, she he's uh, brought her back. Uh, most everybody here is uh, not real. They're either constructs of uh, her memories or um, some other such uh, magic like that, because that would explain why uh, we have some character regression. Um, she's, you know, also been dealing with memory loss and like we got to switch things around maybe she deep down her revulsion for akio and everything that he did to her and anthe means that she he can't use that memory of that time that he came and showed her something eternal to bring her here it's like okay well last like 
you know, of course, it can only be a dude that does this. So the last person that was as princely to her would be Toga. Um, so he manipulates her memories into, oh, yeah, you guys were a thing when you were kids. And, um, you know, he was your prince and things like that. Um, so using that as a, as a means to, to keep her going and have a princely ideal to strive for, uh, maybe that'll be enough to, to get things going. And of course, in the, the movie unfolds and, and so on and so forth, but it's more a story of Anthe, who seems much more outgoing and, um, brash in this film than she was in the TV series because she knows the game. She knows what's going on. Um, and she's just working to try and snap, uh, Utena out of everything. Um, and trying to, you know, show her things. You can't just like yank her out. It's like the Matrix, you know, you got to talk them into letting their mind be free. You can't just unplug them and be up. Oh, good to go um so yeah i mean it, it's kind of that whole thing before eventually they are together again and they are going to escape this trap world together uh and face the real world uh as uh, as a as a couple yeah and i mean all of the students turn to straw at the end so they're all fake so presumably so yeah presumably it's like it seems like that's the case uh it um, it's like really depends how far you want to yeah take it because they didn't show all of the students turn into straw but like some of them um mm-hmm. they had you know you have a lot of people talk about this kind of up front um you had the student council the yeah, jury mickey sayonji on the walk of a car yes and they are like we can't come with you right now but we'll meet up with you later or we'll try to mm-hmm. and it's like okay, are you literally also figments of imagination or are you trying to escape this academy as well? Um, there was, so like, yes, it does seem like this movie is very strongly built on metaphors and it's hard to tell which characters are real mm-hmm. and which are not. Uh, you made a comment about Toga being brought back as like as her prince um, and trying her having either altered memories or forgotten memories. Uh, there is a line that he said that stuck out to me when he first meets her at the academy again mm-hmm. uh and he says something along the lines of um you know I, something about the planetarium how he wanted to like visit that with her and i mean i'm assuming it's a direct reference to the old planetarium that did mm. exist so um they had a moment near the end of the series looking at the stars and stuff too right so i yeah it's this is rig- for me it's really tough to just call it a sequel i i really think that it is a hybrid and it does it so well that it's like it's hidden with it's like it's it's like the answers are hidden within the film. Mm-hmm. And this is one of those films that you're once you see it and you formulate your own opinion, uh, you're basically going to come out of it like knowing how you feel. And um, I am just fascinated, basically, by the fact that it does feel like a a sequel retelling. And I cannot think of many forms of media that have done that um, successfully really well, like to this degree um, with attention to detail and characters and everything that we, the fact that we're still having this conversation 23 years after the movie came out shows that it does such a good job of straddling that line and doing two things at the same time. And that people still watch it and talk about it shows that it still has the appeal to keep people watching it you know that it still has value yeah i can see why i'm assuming that people find both the series and the film to you know it's like a beloved thing Mm -hmm. um i i'm curious if people like really love everything overall because of the 
the capstone of the film mm-hmm. um or if they really enjoyed the series more uh, i also it seems that with the way that fandoms go it i you know by listening to some of the you know video essays and some of the other items out there it, it definitely seems like there's reference to a certain fandom with this that viewed some of the events very particular way mm-hmm. um i i'm and i don't really know the history of it so you know i hope that if you're one of those old school people listening to this and <laughs> you know you really want to tell us how you feel i mean reach out to us and let us know your theories it sounds like there's a lot of that stuff that still goes through and and i'm sure people have like been living with their their thoughts and feelings for a long time yeah absolutely i mean i i'm part of a uh utena fan discord and yeah, we watched this film and I was doing some research. So I decided I would ask uh, other people like I had um, questions like, OK, so I'm looking at it this way. So this doesn't make sense to me. Can somebody else explain to me how it makes sense if it was a sequel? And uh, that got the whole channel in a tizzy. <laughs> Everybody talking about things. <laughs> you threw choo-choo into the battle, man. Yeah. Oh, man. In a good way. Everybody was, of course, very civil, but it's just, they're, they're like, okay, time to throw out my hot takes. And uh, it was great. A lot of good info in that and some good discussion Do you find as well. that people like lean more towards sequel? Or are they leaning more towards retelling or is it still um, a mix? It's, I think it's still close to 50-50. I would say if, you know, there's like maybe four or five people that were still really talking about it. And I think more people lean towards sequel, but it mm-hmm. was still very clear that it's uh, mixed. Yeah, I'm, when I start to think of this film, I think of in, in this particular concept, I I really view it kind of similar to some of the scenes where we had paintings behind painting paintings or like buildings behind buildings or we had like sheets and stuff hiding the truth and all this junk. Like, you know, you pull one layer back at a time and mm-hmm. here's sequel, here's la- and then like one layer sequel, the other layer is retelling and it just keeps going back and forth. And then it and then it kind of like flips it up, and then it's like, nope, just kidding, it's retelling now. Oh wait, no, it's a sequel. Like it really is. Oh wait, you know, I know we referenced like the series in this, but just kidding. Actually, now it's retelling, and then it is a car. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're always left guessing. If you've watched the TV show, this is if somebody says this is a retelling, you're like, oh, I've already seen the show. Like, no, you have to watch the movie. It's uh very different. It's so completely different, and I think it's a. Uh, it's a very powerful form of of storytelling within an anime that I haven't uh, really felt like this with watching certain things in a long time. Um, I I know we're gonna do our own episode of like an overall podcast of right. this series, but I I you know I think the film definitely is some kind of a landmark film, whether you take like the story or or the story and its characters and everything that you know from the series and you just enjoy the heck out of the film but also visually it's pretty stunning um i can't really compare it to too much uh for the high quality of like caliber of animation in this film Mm -hmm. um it is strikingly beautiful and i think that the series had its moments i think it really definitely did uh but this film definitely like you know it took it uh, to the max yeah 
It was like plus ultra the movie. Basically. <laughs> I mean, we had talked about it, I believe, before, where that uh, Utena um, was made on a similar budget to Neon Genesis Evangelion, and Utena mm. had thirteen more episodes. It had to string that budget out too. Um, so they mm-hmm. did pretty well considering the limited resources that they had. But this definitely shows like what the team is capable of when they have the time and the money and the resources at their disposal. Yeah, because it's yeah, it's absolutely gorgeous and stunning. Like, it's so nice to see really beautiful cell animation. Like, I love crisp new digital stuff. Like, we just watched Bell recently, and I felt that was, you know, absolutely jaw droppingly gorgeous. But like, there's something about cell animation, man, that just uh, really hits me. It's because I'm an old man, I think. Mm, Well, we probably talked about this in one of our previous episodes, but cell animation has a very strong look and feel, and you can tell when it's cell animation, mm-hmm. usually. Um, I think this movie, though, just ble- even blows out, out of the water, like, standard, decent cell animation. <laughs> um, it It is so gorgeous. The Everything that they did between the hair, um, there's a lot of hair, flowing hair in the mm-hmm. wind. The, um, the characters' outfits looked so great the facial animations was just every moment wild um framing the framing of the characters and all of the set pieces and everything was just like very meticulously done Mm -hmm. um the rose garden that anthony's taken care of is gorgeous so there's so much more to it than that but like everything about all of those those moments and uh the characters and everything um stood out to me like the beginning really stands out because of like the you know, the camera really pulls back, like the point of view pulls back and it's like these really detailed, intricate backgrounds. Oh, the school, yeah. The school is just flowing through like it's just wild. Um, you know, a lot of people call it like a surrealist film. Um, it is kind of surreal at times. The, yeah. The buildings look different from the series, but somewhat, you know, familiar. Uh, but they everything is so just so detailed. Mm-hmm. Um the fight scenes are a bit, you know, a bit better. Uh, I was always looking for like a little bit more oomph to some of the battles. Um, I think we got that in this mm-hmm. and, you know, there's nothing quite like that car transformation scene. I mean, that is pretty wild. Uh, there's so um, much mechanical animation in there that is so difficult to do, especially when you don't have, you know, CG to work on. It's very hard to animate things mm-hmm. and keep that same rigid shape and volume um it's uh it's definitely very impressive um Mm -hmm. besides the visuals can we talk about anything else like the music or uh the um character portrayal and uh performances is there anything striking about those to you the music was overall good i think that they you know i listened to the the soundtrack for the series a Mm. bit after we finished watching most of it and um the music really stood out to me more so listening to it separately than actually seeing it to the series Mm. um and the movie i mean i haven't been able to do that yet it was nice to hear some you know classic tunes from the (laughs) the series again playing at really pivotal emotional moments um other than that like that didn't really quite stand out to me as much it just seemed like it was well done yeah i uh it was definite. I mean, I think there was like some moments of like, you know, full on theme happening. It was just so good. So, yeah, absolutely. There, I don't know. I mean, what about you? As the, I mean, it was, were they basically just re redoing music from the series for this at times? I can't remember. So um, 
I also haven't had a chance to sit down and like listen to specifically the soundtrack to this film. Um, thinking back to it, I don't remember a lot of tracks specifically. Like it seemed like they were mostly there to serve uh, as tone setting and and things mm-hmm. like that. But I don't I can't think of anything that stood out other than you know when they played the uh, lyrical version of the opening theme uh, during the action climax. I was dancing in my chair because uh, yeah. I was so pumped. But right. otherwise, no, I can't think of any specific thing if it was reused music or redone arrangements of previous songs, if it was all new. Um, it it did a good job, and it kept me there, but I don't think there's anything yeah, other. That's how I mostly felt about the series, although the series, you start to hear certain themes so much that you're like, oh, man, now I know what this is, or, oh, hey, it's the next episode preview. We know what that song is. Yeah. Um, I think the series did an excellent job with its soundtrack. Um, I didn't. I don't think I appreciated the music as much as I uh, thought I was going to until after we would kind of watch most of it. And I was like, "Wow, this this soundtrack was like really high quality." Mm-hmm. Um, whoever like wrote the music for that did a good job. Yeah. The the movie though, I you know it has its moments, but um, other than that, it was it was is good. Yeah. Um, I was definitely more taken aback by the visual elements. Um, mm-hmm. The acting, like the character, you know, performances and, and the voice actors, they were all pretty much spot on. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did think it was strange though, how Akio's voice was different. Thank you. I wanted to bring mm-hmm. that up because I was trying to see if there's any info out there. Granted, I didn't dig too deep, but I was like, why was he recast? Because his actor is still currently doing things. So I'm like, why did we have to recast Akio? It's so strange. Mm-hmm. Probably an answer somewhere. We could go find it. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought that was weird. This Akio yeah. is pretty different. He's not this self-assured, cocky person. He's this, like, I don't know, um, not super charismatic in, in comparison, but, like, I don't know, he's fancy, he's an artist, and, like, I don't know, he doesn't have as much gravitas or, like, power to his voice, so the new voice kind of works for that, but I, I do miss that original piece of shit um yeah depending on what happened there uh there's also like that theory that Anthe kind of created this version of akio possibly mm-hmm. to some level um so i mean it might not be spot on too because of that i mean who knows it's right i'm glad i wasn't the only one to notice immediately like this is not the akio i know and love uh, no and love to hate i should say yeah, I noticed it pretty quickly. I was like, wow, that's strange. Everyone else sounds the same. Yeah. Um, so we've talked about things a lot in general here, but I know that you took a lot of notes, and I know some of them are more reactionary, like, whoa, this is different. Um, mm-hmm. But is there any choice ones uh, or anything that you want to go over from when you were watching it that you want to talk about? I thought that uh, I took some notes. I know we talked about this a little bit visually, but I thought it was like pretty wild that all of the background characters had like fully drawn faces now. Um, <laughs> that stood out to me. I, for some reason, that was striking to me because, like, you know, in the series, you didn't get that much detail. No. Uh, in this one, like, every character had an individual face, which is pretty crazy. Yeah. Um, the big, be- you know, it was just crazy. Like, in the beginning, the f- like we were talking about the framing of the buildings, you had Toga, like, in a window. You yeah. Had- Anthe standing at the tower with Akio and then it cuts back to her and it's just her. He's gone. Mm-hmm. You had the view of like where the Rose Garden cage deal was down below. Uh, you can pretty much put together that that was there, uh, that that's what that was. Right. And it's like 
the setting, like the overall, like just introductory setting is like, okay, this looks like the school, but it's not. And then you see Utena and it's like, okay, she's got short hair mm-hmm. and it's like, that's, that's Utena, but it's not, I mean, it, it is what this is different. You know, that's, um, yeah. I think they like, that's like the first five minutes. And I think they did a really good job of establishing, like, you know where you are, you know what this is, but this is going to be different. It still seems wrong, you know? Yeah. Um, it's familiar, but you know that it's not the same. Um, the scene where Atena meets up with Toga for the first time, and they promised that they would meet at that planetarium like we mentioned earlier. Oh, right. That was cool because I'm like, that was starting to fuel my my sequel theory, right? Mm, right. Um, we should also but, mention, like, everybody's clothes is, like, everybody's got a new design, which is very neat. You'd brought up that Utena's got short hair now. She also wears what still looks like a masculine uniform. There's, you know, but it's full-length pants and, like, tight shirt, and she's got a hat. I'm not really sure if it was true according to some of the research we had done, but, like, it was referenced that the character was made to be a bit older now. Right. Yeah, they've... So. Ma- they've made them look a bit more mature i suppose i mean mickey has yeah. slightly longer hair um, but you know every, and everybody's always been ridiculously tall so uh yeah but like toga's like black uniform i don't know is look you know also very striking because it's a, a complete opposite color than it was in the tv series and like everybody's got much more um fancy uh uniforms and things like that um mm-hmm. you know the school uniform looks roughly the same other than like where the the cuff of the arms is more frilly than it was in the tv series and that might just be well we have the time we can actually animate these frills rather than it just being like a, a circular straight cuff but yeah. um it's just a, it's just impressive to really up the game from tv to movie the uh you know, we have the moment where Utena gets her ring, and it's basically from that broken down old rose garden. Which, like, I immediately saw the symbolism of all of the the framing of it looks like a bunch of crosses, right? Right. Um, it was a strange area to say the least. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, she gets her ring that way, and then she, you know, I can't remember what brings her quite up to Anthe. It's all the, rose the, garden. the raining of flower petals from right above. Gotcha. So, you know, she makes her way up there, which is a cool scene in itself, like going up there, Mm -hmm. um, seeing her and like Anthony's immediate reaction was like to the ring, right? Like Mm -hmm. she was emotionally driven to react to that as like, there's too much pain about that ring. Like, don't put that on or, or something along those lines. Right. Right. Um, but she still has to play that role and what Sionji shows up just like he does in the series in a way. Um, you know, we don't have episodes to go through it, but within minutes the duel happens and uh, you know, he, he hits Anthony really hard. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's done differently in this. Like there's a lot more, I want to say it like this, that there's a lot more weight to the characters. There's like, there's more weight to it. Like she, you know, she gets hit hard. She hits the ground hard. Yeah. Uh, it affected her. It affected Utena, right? Like there's, mm-hmm. we get we get like some. I'll just say it sounds like it's some fan service there, where like Anthony's like, "Oh, you don't have a sword, you can't duel without one," right? Right. And she like I don't know, leaps through the air and kisses Utena in mid air. I just feel like that's like fan service, right? Like all <laughs> of a sudden, it's it's wild. It's out of nowhere. It's like boom, here's a sword. <laughs> it's it's the sequel thing of um 
okay, I'm just going to push us ahead a bit, and I'm going to give you the sword, because you need one, and uh, hopefully this will also help you in your development. <laughs> and instant c- costume changes to... Uh, sorry, I'm just... I'm just no, that's okay. Else. Yeah, yeah, I'm like, man, like, it's like, we're not going to just, like, take five minutes to show you a, a costume change. It's like, boop, it's out of nowhere, here we go, sequel mm-hmm. power. <laughs> and uh yeah that they the duel is kind of wrapped up pretty quick but because mm-hmm. you know we've got a lot of stuff to do in these 80 minutes yeah we uh i kind of forgot about this scene where there is like an intimate scene right um between anthony and utena and anthony's like pushing it pretty far and utena says like no you know i think she questions her like do you do this with all of the people who win the duels and everything right um, I felt like that came on pretty fast. I wasn't expecting it. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't really put too much thought into it. I just kind of was like, oh, this is definitely escalating. You know, it's not like we're going to s- kind of skirt around different topics. They're going to really go for it. Yeah, we're in a theatrical film. We don't have to worry about, um, you know, anything to S&P for the television mm-hmm. on, on prime time. Um, so we can just jump right into this to really nail at the themes more with a hammer rather than dancing around it or painting a picture with more actions. Uh, and that's finally when we get to, I feel like one of the really different pieces of the story where Shiori of all people is with Toga and she's recalling the story of her prince drowning when she was young. Um, I had a note that she was implying it was Jury's fault, although now I'm not so sure. Cause I she, does, she does blame Jury. I mean, mm-hmm. I suppose in a roundabout way. Well, if you weren't out on the lake and you, if you knew how to swim, you wouldn't have started to drown, so then he wouldn't have died trying to save you. It's, uh, I don't know. Shiori's a... Uh, <laughs> She's right up there with me and my distaste for Akio. Just like, girl, you're a mess and you're ruining everybody's day. <laughs> like, this is... I can't stand you. And, like... I, all of these moments within this time frame, I can't remember if it was quite like a mini montage because this this movie didn't really have montages, but it did have um, different kind of storylines playing out at the same time. Mm-hmm. So you've got Shiori with Toga. Yep. You have the Prince story is getting told where he was really, like actually the Lord of the Flies um, and that the right. wish gave him a prince form. And then you also have moments with Miki and his sister Kozue. Right. And uh, like these moments were happening, like either intertwined or one after another. And I just find that it's like, it's like, it's, it's, it was cool to see the scenes, I guess you could say with Shuri and Toga. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't know, um, at this point with what they were talking about here, like it was just like, wait, I, cu- I couldn't remember if they were actually into each other because there was other characters, right? There was like other duelists and all this other stuff. So it's like they kind of drove the course towards Shiori and Toga instead of being Shiori and, and someone else. It, that's where like the sequel um, theory, it, it, it's kind of strange to me as it not being like a full retelling. Like some of this stuff just goes down a weird path. The same thing with like Miki and Kozue. Like Miki makes a comment and Kozue was like, I'm going to slit your throat. <laughs> um, <laughs> and they're in the bath together. Like all of that awkward, like uh, incestuous tone that was in the, the series was just mm-hmm. like, really powerful here i'm like wait a second what and i had no idea why kozue was even like in this movie uh, um one of two shots that mention her because i believe the line that he gives that makes her threaten to slit her th- slit his throat is that he's like no longer interested in going back to the garden and he wants to move on and then uh-huh. it's a sort of threat 
against him then of like i don't know basically to keep him there um Mm -hmm. at the academy or to you know go back to the garden which was their their childhood um and then the only other shot we have of kozue is later on when mickey and jury are in the garage talking there is one of the strange black cars that rises on a lift behind mickey that has the um uh, license plate that just says Kozue, which we mm-hmm. know later on people can turn into cars. So she's yeah. one of the black cars to keep people staying here. And I'm I'm just thinking of this because I I think it's I would assume it's worth mentioning where like I really didn't like the last time we saw either Shiori or Kozue no. in the television series because while I I mean I read that some people's takes were. Uh, you know, it was like, oh, they're they're just there, you know, and they're responding to the characters doing that badminton match or whatever. Right. Um, and they were like, they're listening and, oh, yes, everyone's moving on. Whereas, like, the looks on their faces, to me, it was like pure evil mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and freaky. And now they're back and they're still messed up. Yeah, um, I think it's drawing on both the audience and Utena's memories of what's happened of like, these are bad Mm. guys, right? So we should make sure that they are illustrated as 100%. Yeah. They're definitely not people to be trusted. So we have that scene with Kozue and then it, yes, it does switch back to Toga and Shuri. Um, and that's when like Toga gives his story of being like sold as a child and or adopted or something. Um, although I think they reference that he was sold to his very creepy dad. And yep. as the sheets are flowing around and weird, strange, beautiful animation mm-hmm. um, and Shiori's influence into this memory scene. Uh, yeah. We learned that, um, what Toga was being raped by his father um, or adopted father. And mm-hmm. it kind of like came out of nowhere. It it was, I mean, I appreciated the background information, but it really like, I was like, wait, what is going on? Um, because, you know, and then I'm only going to say this because of all of the research kind of had done, but the, you know, we didn't really find out much about Toga before, um, right. Except for like some very basic tidbits with Nanami uh, about being adopted or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and then and then in this, they're like, no, this is this is what happened. And this helped to paint this picture of uh, of what built Toga um, in this version of the story to be this kind of still kind of a playboy character because he had just left with Shiori and then he's doing her nails and he's still doing those things. But it's like, it was, it came out of nowhere. And I think most impressively though, the metaphor imagery in all of this was very powerful. Yeah. I mean, knowing what we know of later on with what Toga's deal is that he's been dead since he was a child. Um, all of the interactions with Utena is her, you know, working through everything from her past with him. And I think what this interaction with him and Shiori is like, she also has not moved on because he was her prince, even though they weren't really, they didn't have much of a, a, a relationship, so to speak, you know, and at least certainly not as close as Utena and Toga were. So it's kind of like, Oh, so this is her fantasy land of like what her relationship with a man, like what Toga would be, would be like, you know, they're mm-hmm. hanging out they're they're undressed probably having sex he's helping Mm -hmm. her like do like paint her toenails and things like that um 
Right. And you know, to steal something from a video essay that I was reading, you know, he's going through and he's talking about his trauma, um, and she's just kind of like, "Oh yeah, um, whatever." And like, I'm a beautiful moth, and I'm going to, you know, uh, this is all about me. And uh, d- d- offers no comfort to him bearing what had happened to him. Mm-hmm. It's um, you know, just paints. Chiori is being more of a terrible person <laughs> that at least I associate her with. But, you know, it's, yeah, it's a strange take. And I mean, like, like you said, we didn't really get any solid background info like everybody else. It's just, you know, oh, yeah, me and Nanami were adopted when we were younger and we uh, are very well to do. We have a mansion and lots of money and host all these extravagant parties. Yeah. And, uh, I can't remember if it was the writing that I had read or if it was within the video essay comments. Um, but someone had pointed out that I don't think it was your typical moth, that it was like some kind of possibly native like parasite, you know, right. type that of specifically insect. feeds on like, you know, farm produce and things like that. Right. And that would yeah, obviously ruin his childhood and reformulate his entire character. Right. Um I do want to know him quick throw in and if people are interested in what things that we read and watched for we're getting our information um we've talked about it before but uh the blog uh by vry kaiser they had gone through the entire series and also talked about the movie and then a separate one uh blog essay about the car transformation scene and then we have a uh a video essay that's nine parts called the visual storytelling breaking down the adolescence of utena by a person named clear and sweet so if those are something that you want to look into and help you know give you some more background information or form some or more of your ideas uh definitely uh check those out clear and sweet is the way that you're making me feel tonight don't stop keep going Toga and Utana could have been married, but then he died falling over into the river, trying to save someone else. (laughs) Regardless of the warnings, he just lived his life anyways and became a playboy. Oy, oy. (laughs) This movie is like nothing ever before. Um, I made a note that the sheets wrapping around and the metaphors were wild. I literally just wrote that. It was like, yeah, that was wild. <laughs> I use that term more and more nowadays for things that are just like not mind blowing to me, but just wild. It's like it's like a step below it. <laughs> right. Uh, so uh, we get I just thought that was great. And then, you know, it was funny, like the some of the writings out there you talked about and then like the video essay, we go into like the dance scene. I didn't really take many notes on this, but I know that like, I guess that's like a beloved scene. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just like, cool. They had a dance. That was awesome. I but, mean, it is yeah. very pretty. Um, it's finally the two of them sharing who they are and like helping each other and You know, she had Mm -hmm. mentioned like Toga had brought up wanting to see the stars. So she goes and she kills all of the lights and um, floods everything to kind of give a a reflection of the stars so that they're everywhere that she would look. And, you know, they have this very beautiful dance and we've got a nice mirror effect to see them uh, as they are now versus like in her, uh, you know, rose bride dress and her dueling uniform and her long hair. It's um, it's beautiful and it's sweet because they're finally connecting. There's two things here that I don't want to forget. Sure. Wasn't that wasn't the last time we saw Utena before this 
that scene where the swimming pool was being cleaned and then right. something happened with um I I didn't take notes on this and I completely forgot about it. So some Toga was there and he was talking to Anthe, right? Yes, um, and she he like dries her hair. Yeah. So like Utena was jealous or something. She she was upset, like and it drove her to go find Anthe later on or something. Um yeah, I just I just wanted to mention that see because I completely forgot about it. <laughs> right, we've got all the other girls and the swim club that are just like cleaning the pool, um, yeah. and then everybody kind of mysteriously disappears. Um, yeah. It's very odd. Um, I'm not sure if that was just like, and then they all left, or they weren't there at the start, or they finished cleaning it and they just went away. Right, um, revealing that the bottom of the swim pool is yet another rose. Of course. Then we cut, you know, we go back to the scene of the dance. Um, I had also, I guess I was just like so wrapped up in watching it. I had forgotten. I think this is when she takes an axe. Like, doesn't Anthony grab an axe and then like you think that she's going to hit Utena with it? Yes. And she hits like the water hose or something instead. And it makes like the roses actually disappear from the platform. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Yeah, and definitely like it had been oof, six, seven years since I had seen this movie. So I was like, whoa, I forgot. What is she going to do with that? You know, it definitely puts you on edge of like, Utena just bared her soul to you and is like crying. And you get up and now you're going to kill her like in her moment of weakness. Like, no, it was a pure gesture of love and appreciation. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, oh, kinda- okay. It was like surprising. <laughs> it came out of nowhere. But also um, would not be out of, you know, character for Anthe being, you know, in the TV series very mysterious and at times very cruel. So Yeah, and it's like because of this like sweet moment and then they're dancing and then you have like the reflection of the water, you got the stars, uh, you have them dancing with what they're wearing and like an actual dance, and then like in the reflection they're wearing different clothing. Mm-hmm. That was just really cool detail. Yeah. We get into the paintings and the drawing stuff right. after this, right? I think it was like, I yep. think it was right after. It's how my notes are. Yep. Um, Anthe has Utena, or no, Utena is drawing Anthe first. Yep, correct. And like, I don't have any notes on the dialogue conversation they were having, but it's like they were really kind of like getting to the core of their emotions at this point. And then Anthe has Utena literally like become her subject and become naked. Like she strips down Mm -hmm. and um, it was a very personal scene. Oh yeah. Very, very intimate scene of like, you know, you're completely vulnerable and you've got nothing protecting you, but they're, you know, having these conversations with each other about, you know, the, the important stuff. And that's when like the Mm -hmm. Utena notices in the background, all of these paintings that have been here and cause they're in the chairman's office and, uh, Anthe is the subject of a lot of them. And, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it's, uh, off putting and like very strange of like, what is this place? Yeah. So like, this is like that moment that to kind of turn, I feel like it was a little bit of a turn in the film where you get the revelations of, uh, Tuatana about what the bro, the Rose bride is. She gets more information mm-hmm. and then you have the, um, the, the go guy, go guy girls, the hush is the, <laughs> Is the Hashira players or the Hashira players? The Hashira. Uh, Hashira is in Demon Slayer. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Hashira players. So like, um, and they have their own names. I don't know. It was like Eco and Fco. Okay, Eco and Fco. Yep. Or Bico. No, Aco, Bico, and Seco were in the TV series. They were the the oh. go guy, go guy, go guy girls and such. Yeah, well, I guess we could talk about Project Aco another day. Um, <laughs> 
but we so we have you know the girls are like and then you cut like to these scenes of it's like revelation mm-hmm. um you have like the silly video gets played right that uh, shiori has found a scandalous video about anthe she's you know revealing uh her to the school really mm-hmm. but of course yeah it's a wrong video which is the first one well they had cowbell notami in it that yes. was so weird uh they had choo 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 was there and you had some weird alligator character. I don't know. Like, the one that Shiori was drawing on Toga's back yes. uh, earlier in the movie. Yes. And there's even reference to that at the very beginning mm-hmm. uh, by these girls uh, in the in the office talking. Um, man. Yeah. So, God. So, man, this movie just does so many things. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Right, okay, silly gag is over. You got your Nanami reference. At least the fans are happy. That's um, me. Choo-choo's I'm, there. I'm happy. Yeah, that's good. Uh, freaking cowbell Nanami. Um, <laughs> and then you finally get, I believe this is where we get, well, the movie, it's like it cuts into like another almost montage, but instead of it being like, here's a bunch of scenes with progression of character and music playing in the background to get you hyped, mm-hmm. it's more like, well, we're going to start with this video that shows a little bit of Akio and Anthe. And you know, Anthe looks like she's passed out. And Akio's just like staring at her. And then it's a duel with Jury and Utena. And you're like, what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was a really well done duel. And then it's like during this battle, uh, it does get revealed that Akio, you know, he was sleeping with Anthe and he was drugging her. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, let's not put it lightly. Uh, he was raping her. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but then it turns out she wasn't sleeping. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in this version of the story, which I do think is one of the most pivotal moments of like, is this sequel or is it retelling? Um, he stabs her, presumably killing her. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe not. Cause I mean, we know that like she, well, might already be dead. It, it gets weird, right? Um, and I then would he- say, if I could interject my thoughts for his sequel, and this is weird. So we last left in the TV series, uh, Akio is still fine. Like, nothing had affected him at all. Um, and then uh, Anthe is like, no, I'm not going to be part of the dueling game anymore. I'm going to go off and do my own thing. Um, I would assume, without her and all of this, everything kind of gets unraveled and he kind of loses it. Um, this is just even more a shadow of his former self and, you know, things are, are weird for him too, but he's, you know, sexually abusing her. Uh, and then he, you know, gets found out like, oh no, she's been awake this whole time. Uh, so then in order to cover his tracks, he's going to stab her. But like, she is still this immortal witch person. Like that's not going to do it. You know, she's just going to live through it. Um, and then, you know, he's still rattled from all of this and still just a, a shell of who he was before before he falls off of the window and falls um who knows if that was even real if anything in this video is real at all um because yeah. it's i could just say it's it's utena we don't know if this is real well, the or other anything. view on it was that it was staged from anthe's point of view mm-hmm. to not only reveal information to like utena but also i mean if it was being possibly like shown to the school Mm -hmm. uh it was really strange like how you're trying to figure it out but i think it was more for like utena's realization of things Mm. um yeah like that happens and i believe it's in this moment that like you know you learn that from my my understanding is that where that 
Rose Garden cage was underground. Like that was like where Akio was buried by Anthony. Yes, yeah, that is where they exhume his body. So like you know, definitely uh, the his crosses body, that you had mentioned before. It's like yeah, it's a grave. Of course, and I and I understood that. Like it looked like a grave to me from the beginning, and I'm like, oh, that makes sense. And I'm like, wait, but like what timeline or what version of the story did this happen? Right, and it doesn't really matter if we didn't get much of an answer um i mean i will say at least the very opening of this film is the bells and we see anthe and uh, akio at the tower cut back to the bells cut back to the tower it's just anthe so that mm-hmm. might have been this is the moment that he's dead you know they're together and now it's just her and were those like victory bells well that is what um uh Vry kaiser had said that this the tv series ends with the victory bells going off that she's conquered her captivity and she's going out and doing her thing and that's how the movie starts as the bells are still ringing mm-hmm. yeah man what a movie um, <laughs> yeah i mean so that's all revealed uh like suitana um it was kind of as much as akio is a major dirtbag character yeah. his uh watching him do his car flip moment <laughs> cartwheel of the legs was so funny so ridiculously dumb uh but worth it like he gets out of the like japanese caps like taxi well first it's his regular car with he's with kanai and then he does it again at the taxi yeah it was just funny man that's that is some throwback that is a throwback to everything in that series that is what that is i made sure to send you the gif afterwards because oh. i had come across where i'm like i can't wait to show this to him it was just hard for me. I will say this. It was hard for me to believe how dramatic it was that he was freaking out. And then like he falls out the window to his death. Mm-hmm. It was just, it seemed so staged. Like so it was staged and dr- overly melodramatic. Uh, that's why none of it felt real. Um, <laughs> so I know I skipped. Well, actually, I guess I wrote my notes out of order, but we get like a Mikage elevator scene. Right. With her and uh, with Utena and Toga. Because, like, Utena's looking for Anthe, as far as I understand. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I guess- the whole thing leading to it, you know, it's just like the Mikage seminar where we had the signs of, like, the fingers that were pointing. But now, mm-hmm. if you notice, they're traffic signs. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Um, I guess we shouldn't forget that the, like, the battle with, like, Jury, like, Jury lost that, right? Yes. Um, and it- Oh, because we got multiple- the cool moment with the prince. She kind of, like... And Anthe ran towards her. There was... Mm-hmm. That Utena ah, embodies the prince with her n- nobility and princely ideals. But then it was as if Anthe disappeared? I'm trying to remember, because, like, um, Utena was I think was that was when to... the video was also being shown. So she's like, well, don't want to be around here while this is mm-hmm. happening. And then uh, Utena realizes that Anthe left, so she chases after. Right. And it was this the moment where Utena, like, is out of breath trying to keep up with Anthe? Or no, that was probably before... When they went up to the top area where they were doing the um the painting. Yeah, there's I'm multiple assuming. times where that happens, but she is out of breath when she's when she comes mm-hmm. to the elevator uh yeah. section when she's trying to find her and then uh gets directed right. towards the elevator where she has her her talk with Toga. And that's where they like if you didn't figure it out yet with like the quick, you know, pretty obvious story moments that it was Toga who had drowned, and then like there was multiple times where they had actually animated like water with like a shoe going through the scene. Mm-hmm. Um 
it's like their their famous transition effect that they put in uh and then you know it's like here here it is the elevator and they have their conversation and utena like you know is is coming to terms with things it seems and uh the elevator fills with water so Mm -hmm. that's when utena drowned and became a car in her afterlife (laughs) well now it's you know of course coming to terms with what happened to toga and that she's going to move on from living in the past of depending on him and and things like that that she's going to do stuff on her own strength but you know appreciates everything that he's done for her both when they were younger and like his lingering self through her psyche um this whole Mm -hmm. time which is it's very strange toga was never really that much of a, a character that i cared for like i do and i do for him in this movie um but it was very heartfelt for, you know, how she reacted for that farewell. Um, very well done. Mm. Uh, just before this, there is the moment where um, I believe it's part of the, so not to really go back much, but it's part of the duel where like Miki didn't know who Toga was. Right. Despite him standing right next to him. But Jury, I think Jury knew. Yeah. So Jury knew, Shiori, different characters knew, but you have to wonder, um, there was that theory that you know it's like okay they had lost their memory so maybe to Mickey uh, it didn't matter if he remembered and also like Nanami not being there might have been that she had actually escaped the school or graduated out mm-hmm. um, because she had had such strong character growth within the series right um, so you have to wonder like if it even matters that Mickey would remember them um, that was fairly strange though to me that's why like that's another thing where like the sequel doesn't tend to make as much sense though because mm-hmm. it's like i think it's definitely a part for the audience because toga's standing right there they're dressed the same toga's been in scenes with him and then for him to say like i don't know who that is is kind of like the because we haven't been revealed yet that um nobody else can see him uh mm-hmm. or anything like that that's kind of the the moment Except Anthe. Um, right. Which, at the who knows if that Anthe was even real. This could have all been Utena at the pool and dreaming through all of this herself with her overactive imagination. Who knows? <laughs> That's funny. Um, yeah, it's tough because it's... It's hard to tell what's like, real and what's not. You know? I feel like some of these people are real, man. I, whatever. If they're all fake, they're fake. If we're going to go <laughs> that route, I'll go with it. No, you do you. I just, I'm I, just throwing I, out what I think, so... Well, the only thing that matters is what you think about the next <laughs> moment where they're they're at the top again of this. They're going to try to escape. And then the whole car transformation scene happens. Right. Oh, yeah. So, man, because Utena is like, I'm going to take you away from here, Anthe. You and I are going to get out. Anthe like, also shows that she has the key. Presumably, I think it's supposed to be to Toga's car uh, for them to leave. But then, I thought it was revealed after that. I thought it was like revealed that she had that key. I thought she holds it takes, out for both of them to see. Uh, I don't know, because she takes the ring off of Utena as Utena gets pulled away. And I thought that the ring turned oh, into the key. You, I, I think you're know. correct there. Well, I don't know. Um, I know that <laughs> uh, Akio couldn't find the keys to his car. And then he right. like freaked out and died. Um, so I mean, who knows? <laughs> I mean, one could say that Anthe is the key holder, um, right? But yeah, I mean, they're going to escape. It it seemed like we were going to have this moment where like they're literally going to just gonna, like run and fly through the air or something. Man, that would been funny if they had like flying horses at this time. That would <laughs> been great. They give that us the flying horses. But we have like 
out of nowhere, the stadium like claims Utena in this car wash scene. And I know everyone has had their experience with this movie and seeing this for the first time. So I'll just say very quickly that my experience was, I was like, this show has done some crazy stuff. Like, <laughs> yeah. like the stuff with Nanami in particular, it's pretty wild. Um, some of the school stuff, yeah, that was wild. Uh, the, Driving the around realm, a car on the top of the, uh, the arena, crazy. Some of that was crazy, but explained by this weird planetarium device of that course. was actually just like ultra VR in the metaverse. But this time, you've got this thing up here that separates them. And then I'm like, Okay, the 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 song like Apocalypse Destiny. Yeah, it's the nor- it's the transformation song that played when, you know, they would ascend the stairs to go to the arena and Utena would get her new outfit. So like I understood this was a very important moment and I'm like what is going on? Like they I couldn't tell like what they were doing. It was <laughs> tough to tell, but I mean obviously I got like the car reference with mm-hmm. the car wash. But I just didn't understand that. And then, like, they shoot her uniform out of it. And, like, Anthe is like, oh, Utena, are you okay? (laughs) Um, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And she's worried. And it's like, what? And then uh, (laughs) we have this just amazing sequence that we talked about earlier with the mechanical design. And And you know what? Then you get a car. You get this car and the license plate says Utena. And I, I remember saying to you, Randy, I'm like, if this becomes like a racing anime or something, I'm out. Like, I'm done. Like, this is crazy. <laughs> and it did. It turned into a freaking car. We have announcers anime. and other cars like, Anthe is in the lead on the track. <laughs> you didn't turn off the movie, though. You kept at it. I was impressed. Oh, yeah. No, no way. I couldn't turn it off at this point. Um <laughs> This is where at the point where Anthe uses a key with the rose seal on it to get away from the school. And we, we learn that Shiori is also a car. You, um, <laughs> you didn't think you were the only one that could become a car, did you? <laughs> yeah, we get this like amazing scene of them like basically traveling through the school. So like the the platform they were on had lowered, had fallen right. to the ground. And that's also where, like, Miki and Jury were when they were investigating before. Yep. Um, They were presumably underground, going through the tunnel. And then, like, Shiori showed up and said, you need to leave here. Like, only certain people can be down here. They also saw the prince down there. Right. Um. Oh, man, there's a lot going on. Well, so anyways, much in this movie. God. She, uh, you know, you get, like, Utena and Utena Carr, Anthe... And now they get their chance to go through the strange hallway of princes and <laughs> Jerry. Um, yeah, you know, it, it, it's just like car after car after car is going after her. Um, I know that they were traveling and they basically see the castle. And you have this like amazing moment of like the castle is just moving on wheels and they have to like navigate underneath it and not get crushed. Right. Because um, it's that's massive. Wild. And it's massive, and it looks like something out of Final Fantasy. Like, the castle is just like this. It's Alexander, the summon. Yeah, basically. It's a very powerful, like, just vehicle to keep them contained within, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Man, and then we finally see, like, Akio or a version of Akio at the end of this. The car, like, Utena's car is getting destroyed. Oh, I guess we should say that the Wakaba car did help out. That's true. Um, um, the, the friendship wagon with Juri, Sionji, and Miki in a friendship yellow jeep wagon. that's na- that's called Wakaba. Um, <laughs> oh, <laughs> but, what a thing. And and yeah, like they break free. They ultimately they break free. Um 
you had like this like silent moment with Akio, just like not like you know, I think he was realizing he wouldn't be able to stop them. Mm-hmm. Um and Lieutenant and, and Anthony like break through like the grips of the castle and like all of the gears and like the moving parts. Um they break free like Utena just like appears as like a person, I believe, and like they the both, flowers overtake. They drive into Akio's body that explodes into rose petals, and then the both of them emerge from that explosion naked, uh, you know, embracing oh, each other. And then at that point, Utena is able to like not only summon a vehicle, but also exist outside of it. Yes. So, man, what an amazing time, you know? Mm-hmm. That's like that whole act is like a metaphor for itself, just like this escape. <laughs> um, it, I called this definitely like a racing anime at this point. What were my notes? Anthony was overcome with her. She overcomes her brother's hold and escapes the Tana's motorcycle. Because mm-hmm. at, at that point, it was not a car anymore. Right. It just <laughs> had two wheels left. And yeah, they go out into the outside world. They've got flowing hair. They like are like making out in this intimate moment on this motorcycle and they're they're going into like the darkness of the world like where they're actually going away from the school looks like it's a post-apocalyptic nation right. it doesn't look right um gray and cloudy there's uh destroyed other cars that uh, are lie outside it's um it's a whole new world for sure and it's scary but they have each other Yes. Yeah. And I mean, they show like this is at that point where they show the school that there's like people made from straw, mm-hmm. um, especially in the commentating room when they were wearing name tags that said Anthony and Utena. Uh, that was strange. Like there was just, you know, it makes you wonder if it was all like some strange overall power of Anthony. But but like you said, they, they break out together. That's what's that's what's important. Like mm-hmm. it, as far as like a sequel goes, you know, Anthony goes back and successfully plays the game and actually escapes Akio's grasp. Um, I'm curious if Akio still exists as like an entity, mm-hmm. um, but they, uh, they escape from that together and uh, they can actually be a couple, which I think also plays that the, the, the notion that, you know, it's kind of like the the anime versus the film where the anime series was like a story about the the council um the characters there eventually to utena and anthe um in the last arc or two but whereas this film was all utena and anthe and much less of those other characters Mm -hmm. um it was more of like a romantic climax to the series in a way yeah absolutely it's such a wild movie jared and i had such a good time it is I don't know. It's it's a it's an experience. I'll tell you that. Oh, it really is. I've I've really considered how I could try to like watch this with friends. Um, oh. I think I yeah. I mean, it's tough because I don't want to just show the film. I I just know that uh, I know how like you know my friends are and 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 I I think that they would enjoy this. But to to get through it all and to commit to multiple sessions of watching this series, I, I don't know if we'd be able to pull it off. But it's like the payoff is so grand. Like yeah, the the payoff is like so worth it. Um, you can't really take your eyes away from it. Really, like that's what it. You know, it, it's that great. And um, you know, I think the best I could do is like highly recommend it to friends and hope that they are mm-hmm. interested. Well, you know. hopefully, you know, your friends, uh, if they're willing to, you know, you might not be able to sit and watch the TV show together and make them go through it like you and I did. But you could certainly yeah. be like, so I want to watch the movie with you, but it's important to watch the TV series. We're going to watch this movie. And I don't know, two, three months in that time, you can go onto YouTube, you can go onto Crunchyroll, you can go onto Funimation, watch the show. That's your homework. And then we're going to have dessert together and we're going to watch the movie, mm-hmm. you know? 
just a thought. I mean, you know, there's avenues out there for them to to watch the show, and then you can watch the film together. Yeah, I I know. Yeah, I I, I don't know. I, I might be able to do it. Um, we'll see. It's I think the payoff of this film is so great. I have they brought this movie back into theaters? Like a lot of films have been brought back for Anime World. Like I don't know if they did it for this. I'm uh, unsure. I can't remember. I know, like you know, Fathom Events exists, and there's been a lot of movies um, being brought back lately. That I mean, I don't know how successful they were, but I'd be interested to see this in a theater. Gosh, um, so would I. I wouldn't mind seeing this in a movie theater. I I, I don't know if there'd be anyone else in the theater, but I <laughs> like where I am locally. Uh, but I I would love to see this with other people. I think so. Um, this is definitely a conversation I wanted to have at the end of our last episode. But oh boy. Mm-hmm. I want to ask then: Do you think you want to pick up the movie so that you can watch it again in the future? Is it something worth your purchase? Me? Yeah, you. Um, I think so. I. I was like watching this video essay and already just like couldn't get my eyes away from it. It was kind of like hard to do my job today actually working. And <laughs> yeah, um, eventually I was able to find the balance and at times I couldn't really pay attention to it. So I just shut it off because it's like, you know, it's like, it's like I need to either focus on this because it is important or right. uh, work. Um, so I think so. I don't, I don't know if I really want to buy the whole series. I, you know, nowadays with um, being able to stream things, uh, it, it seems as if in the past the film was available possibly on Hulu or something. So it gives me the idea that it might become available again. Um, right. It used yeah. to be available on Hulu and some other places, but since that that is no longer the case. But with the way that streaming happens, you know, I it might come back. Um, if it doesn't come back, though, I have a... You know, I've I think I've pulled up the the page through Right Stuff into Zomi more than once just to like kind of check it out. Whether it was to tease you while recording of like I'm going <laughs> to click on the thing, and you're like, don't click on anything. Um, you'll get re- you know spoiled for the story. Uh, but also to possibly like look into it. Um, I I want to see the movie again. Um, I I don't know if I want to do it yet or if I want to wait. Mm-hmm. Uh, see if there's going to be like an opportunity to maybe like watch this with people. Yeah, I I think maybe when we get into like our overall podcast, I'll go down like my explanation more because I I still do kind of tackle with some of the series and how it goes. Um, mm-hmm. I think that the the overall payoff though, especially in the last two arcs and then going into the film, is very worth it. Mm-hmm. Um, and now after seeing this film and talking about it and researching it and understanding more and more that like this film is like utterly fascinating. That's it's really something. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that's so good to hear, Jared. It's Ooh. been such a wonderful, wonderful journey with you. Definitely the highlight of my days that we've been doing this. So a snap. <laughs> <sighs> is there anything else you want to talk about this movie before we, we wrap it up? Uh I just want to know when we can announce that we're we're gonna we're gonna try to get Ikuhara on here. <laughs> uh, yeah, we're gonna have him talk to us. We're gonna have someone translate it, and we're not gonna get anything out of it. We're no, not, I'm kidding. We're not I'm gonna kidding. get a I'm translator. Sorry. It's gonna be me. I've been doing Duolingo for like six months. I think that's good enough. So I'll just tell All you. I'm gonna do is what words just, I can recognize and be I'm like, okay, sit here and just be like, Ufo, Ufo, <laughs> go guy, go guy, Ufo. <laughs> That'd be horrendous. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm a banker. Um, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> just like, you are a bank, I believe, is what you just said. Did I say said. that? Is that the right word? I can't remember. Ginko Probably, is I, bank, yes. 
Oh, good. What does you? I work at a bank. <laughs> um. Anyways, no. Uh. God. There's. There's just. Uh. Th- this. The movie is gorgeous. The. The retell. The retelling sequel mm-hmm. is gorgeous. Um. I. I really. I really cannot. After this whole conversation with you in this recording, I do not feel pulled any more towards it being sequel or retelling. I really feel Great. like it's this strong cyclone of both. I it's like so so melded together. Um I, I just like I try to think of other films of like the Escalfone movie. You know, we have Evangelion. Um mm-hmm. you know, I, there's certain types of things that exist out there and I'm like, you know, you were kind of uh, at least you guys made it more clear of like this is a retelling or this is a also a retelling, I guess in these cases. <laughs> um mm-hmm. but like I, can, I remember watching like Escaflone back in the day to be like, yeah, that was a retelling. Okay, things are different. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, cool. All right, battles. Cool. Um, in this, it's like, uh, yeah, no, nah, you know, you could really think it's retelling, but not. There's a bunch of sequels. Nope. Wait, just kidding. So, <laughs> yeah, I at this point, um, I just want to go see. I, I I was texting you that like, oh man, it's like, are there any like cells available from the film at, at all? <laughs> um, it sounds like the collectors really snatched all of those up over the years. Um, yeah. You know, it's like, this movie is gorgeous. Like the quality of the cell, I can only imagine. Yeah. Oh <sighs> man. man. What a yeah. thing. What uh, thing. So thank you everybody for listening to all of our ramblings about this entire franchise, uh, because we did it. We watched it all. Uh, that's it. Except we have one more episode. We talked about it before. Uh, we're going to record one more where we talk about uh, a look back at our experiences with the franchise as a whole. Um, we walked into this with Jared being completely cold and knowing nothing. So now I want to talk to him and, and ask what his thoughts are. Um, I've also collected some questions from other Utena fans that I get to ask you. So that should be a lot of fun. I think that'll be a great capstone to our fun, fun discussion you got questions from other fans to ask me i did oh no (laughs) actually i like that this sounds fun yeah and we talked about that yeah bring on the questions i want all the hard questions this is not a quiz this is just i don't need a quiz because i would fail it utterly (laughs) and that's not anatomy joke (laughs) right so thank you to sponsors uh jared where can people find you on the internet at Hot Anime Vlogger. Excellent. Uh, you can find me at Saber underscore Breaker. So I know that the show's almost over, but you can still subscribe, and that way you can always come back to it and listen to it. Uh, share it with your friends when you sit them down to watch the series so they could also have somebody to talk to. I mean, listen to somebody else talk to about it. Post a review if you liked what you heard, because that way it makes it easier for other people to find uh, our show. So, yes, stick around. We have one more for you, and uh, can't wait. We'll talk to you then. Theme song, Zettai Unmei Moko Shiroku, provided by Astrophysics. You can find their music on Bandcamp and YouTube, or follow them on Twitter at Astrosynth.